0: Hello, we've reached a pivotal point in our study of the Bible book called Romans today, here on Search for Truth Radio. Thanks for joining me, and a friendly welcome to you from me and from Brian, your Bible teacher. He's given today's study talk, the subtitle, Transformation. And I'll leave him now to explain just how the Apostle Paul has reached a turning point in his defence of the Gospel. Here's Brian. Thanks, John. In the Apostle Paul's letters,
1: we always get doctrine first, then comes the hinge. The hinge is the point where the letter turns from doctrine to practical exhortation. One pastor, when asked to make his sermons more practical, responded by saying that's precisely why he was being doctrinal. The teaching has to come first, and then the exhortation that applies it. That pastor was only following Paul's biblical example. By the time Paul gets to chapter 12 of his letter to the Romans, he's covered the teaching of the gospel under the headings of condemnation, justification, sanctification, glorification and predestination. The hinge point now comes at chapter 12 and lasts until near the end. This is where he deals with transformation. The transformation of our lives – as a result of the Gospel. Here's how Paul begins this section, pivoting on the word therefore. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good good. And acceptable and perfect. That's Romans 12, the first three verses. As we say, this is where gospel truth hits the tarmac and gains traction in our lives. Praise God, the gospel does change lives. Present your bodies as living sacrifices, Paul tells us. This is a return, a flashback, to what's been said earlier within the section of Romans that we styled as sanctification. For we read in chapter 6, verse 19, Just as you presented the parts of your body as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your body's parts as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. In a previous study, we commented on Augustine's conversion. There's a story about him following his conversion when he passed by one of his former mistresses on the street. Seeing him walk by, she yelled after him, Augustine, it is I! Without turning back, Augustine replied, Yes, but it is no longer I. His mind was now set on making no provision for the flesh. His sights were now set on living a sanctified life. A recent convert was teased by one of his friends. Do you really believe Jesus changed water into wine, he asked. What I do know is... He can change beer into furniture, was his reply. With that, he showed the man inside his newly furnished house. I'm taking care of my family's needs now, instead of wasting my money on excessive drinking, he explained. Be transformed, Paul writes. And next notice the following mention of the renewing of the mind. For that's how the transformation in question comes about. What's the alternative if we don't allow our perspectives to be adjusted by absorbing the Bible's principles and values? It's only to have our thinking shaped instead by the influence of the world around us. And this very much includes the pressure of our peers and whatever is trending on social media, as when we instinctively and brainlessly like what others happen to be liking on Facebook, for example the world is so good at squeezing us into its mould in the same way that a jelly takes the shape of whatever mould you choose to use when you pour it out and let it set. That means there are two moulds, the word or the world. One or other of them is going to shape our thinking and if our thinking gets shaped, then so will our behaviours. In the 1980s, According to a large Gallup survey in the US, the United States, a very high percentage of people back then said they believed the Bible to be God's word. And yet, there was almost no difference between Christians and non-Christians when it came down to moral and ethical issues. Why? The spirit of the age and a focus on worldly media had already shaped their thought patterns. The missing element was then, and remains to this day, our personal attention to spiritual transformation. Today, in the West, it's as if a counter-reformation has happened. Are we not in some sense seeing a reversal of what historically came to be known as the Protestant Reformation? The renewed interest in the Bible that took place in 16th century Europe once led to profound and beneficial developments in general society. Sadly, we see this progress all but reversed today, when our news items are populated with a great variety of decidedly unbiblical behaviours. We might observe another contrasting example from history. In 18th century England, the revival that took place under John Wesley produced nationwide reformation. This is even confirmed by secular historians. They say it spared England from the fate that befell the French, that being a reference to the French Revolution. These historians were plainly acknowledging that before England had been impacted by the word, it was a land of drugs, drunks and blood sports. As both the 16th century European Reformation and the 18th century English Revival demonstrate, whenever we allow our perceptions to be adjusted according to what we read in God's word, our minds are renewed and this biblical kind of transformation in our behaviours takes place. Someone has warned, beware of an untransformed mind. It's such a poor testimony. The makeover of our mind means affirming that God's will is best. That's what the end of verse 3 of Romans 12 clarifies. The effects are seen within society. Imagine if most within society did the following. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never repay evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. Never take your own revenge. Every person is to be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behaviour, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a servant of God, to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a servant of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practises evil. Therefore it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this you also pay taxes, for rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Pay to all what is due them, tax to whom tax is due, custom to whom custom, respect to whom respect, honour to whom honour. That's Romans 12 from verse 14 to the end of verse 7 of Romans 13. And this is part of a transformed lifestyle. It's seen in respect for authority. How different this is from the spirit of the age we live in. The Yellow Vest protest movement started online in France and led to demonstrations that began on the 17th of November 2018. It was motivated by rising fuel prices and a high cost of living. The 2019 Hong Kong protests were part of an ongoing series of demonstrations triggered by concerns that Hong Kong residents would be subjected to the mainland Chinese legal system. And we could go on, but the person transformed by the gospel will willingly be subject to all civil authorities, respecting them as established by God, even if he or she doesn't like a particular policy. Another contrast seen in present-day society can be found in the area of tolerance, or rather intolerance. It used to be the case that everyone's point of view was respected, even if it was disagreed with. That's no longer the case. To express a particular biblical point of view nowadays, for example, may even in some places be regarded as committing a hate crime and brings criminal charges to bear. By contrast, in the outworking of the gospel, Paul says in his 14th chapter, Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not to have quarrels over opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but the one who is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. One person values one day over another, another values every day the same. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. But as for you, why do you judge your brother or sister? Each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Spiritual transformation is the process by which all the elements of self take on the character of the elements of Christ, so that we have his mind and his affections is both by putting off what's inconsistent with the life of our risen Lord and by putting on what's consistent with it. Daily, God's word in the power of his spirit is to enter our mind and filter down into our heart and there shape our will to reform our very self. That's how we're to exchange the corrupted elements of self for those elements of his character. It's by renewing the spirit of our mind.
0: Once again, I hope you enjoyed today's study, and as usual, I'd like to remind you about the transcript book. It's a transcript of all the talks in this series, and it'd be helpful to you to pursue further study if you want to. So please let me remind you how you can freely receive a copy. At first, it's available online. You can obtain one by downloading it from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. Alternatively you can write to us and request a hard copy book be posted just ask for the title putting the gospel first and don't forget to include your postal address so we know where to send it you can use email or the post and here's our address Search for Truth Hayes Press The Barn Flaxlands Royal Wootton Bassett Swindon SN4 8DY UK Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info Now, thanks for giving me the pleasure of your company today and your kindness as well in giving us your time. Next week, God willing, we have the final part in this eight-part series and Brian's going to give us the conclusion of our studies in Paul's letter to the Romans. So please join me if you can, same time, next week. But for now, it's goodbye and very best wishes from your Bible teacher, Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon and in the meantime we wish you God's richest blessings.